0: Today we're talking about the romantic man, the romantic man, and as a preface, this is going to apply um, to both single and married people, so um, uh, take that. (laughs) Um, I want to start by sharing 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. Paul says in this passage, Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, But because of sexual immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise, the wife also for her husband. So I wanted to start with this verse because of this specific uh, sentence where it says, The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife. And this whole passage says... um, that has an implication that um you don't have to get married but because of sexual immoralities each man has to have his own wife and i I think it's hilarious how paul (laughs) how paul just knows how we as men are and the the fact that uh this part here the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife one of those duties is um, the idea of, of romance a marriage is a romantic relationship and a romantic relationship is different than any other relationship um, whether you're you're dating married um looking to date this romantic relationship that we either pursue or that we are in is different than any other relationship we have i once heard uh, a psychiatrist advocating uh to not spank children because uh it Uh, They related it to the idea of it's um, well, whenever they're uh, if someone were to do that while they were dating, and uh, it gives this horrible manipulated idea that um, you should be punished for doing something wrong, and that's not how a a relationship should be. And they were they were relating it to a romantic relationship, and I thought it was the most asinine idea because the relationship to a parent and child is completely different than a romantic relationship. Just like. Every other relationship. And so I'm I'm emphasizing this idea for us to really get a grasp that every relationship we have with different people varies on what kind of relationship it is. So going back to today, the romantic man and talking about our romantic relationships, I want to start off. Uh, we're going to talk about three things, communication, sex, and sacrifice. Starting off with communication. Let me say this. One of the most challenging feats for men is learning how to articulate their feelings. One of the most challenging feats for men is learning how to articulate their feelings. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2 through 3, it says, It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. No one can comprehend the height of heaven, the depth of the earth. Or all that goes on in a king's mind, and the reason I shared this verse is because the Bible says that we are all uh, that uh, we are all uh, children of God, we're sons of God, that we're priests and kings, and so I relate this idea that no one knows what's going on in the king's mind in the simplest sense, um, just as no one can comprehend the height of heaven or the depth of the earth, no one all re- no one really can understand what's going on in a man's mind. We think of some crazy stuff, and. Even when it comes to our feelings, it's really hard for us to articulate what's on the inside and voicing it in a a healthy way. Men have an ongoing struggle of this communication. If it's not what we say or don't say, it's how we say it. We constantly get ourselves into trouble by our communication or lack of communication, especially when we start trying to talk more. It ends up coming out wrong or we voiced only our frustrations, but not our emotions or the fact that we listened and understood, uh, understand. There are two important techniques that I want to share when it comes to communication and how to articulate what you're really feeling. First, and this is a really important one. The first is where a lot of men actually start and get most frustrated in the process. And that is the act of actually trying to practice sharing our feelings and emotions more practice makes perfect. And sometimes we just have to jump in the pool and figure it out. But in doing that, don't be surprised when your lady gets upset with you when you actually do this, this is where, uh, some when advanced relationships where, uh, where real fighting starts. And this is an idea for whether you're dating or in a marriage. It's really healthy to practice communicating our feelings because um, even though we, uh, it may cause more friction, the practice makes perfect. And sometimes we just have to jump in the pool and figure it out. Don't be surprised when she gets upset. She is expecting you to share your feelings like she does. She's expecting you to share your feelings The way a woman does. And you both need patience as you learn how to really talk to each other. You need patience and understanding that she isn't understanding why you're saying it like that. You could say one thing and you think that you're really just saying how you're you're trying to say how you feel. But she may take it as you're attacking her. You are both learning how to talk to each other almost for the first time. I mean like really talking to each other. And the more that you practice, the more you will learn how to say certain things better. Let me emphasize that again sometimes it's not what you're saying, but how you're saying it and as men, we are in, we can be uh, either the the slaves or the masters of our own tongue and just because um, we said it doesn't let us off the hook we need we are grown men and we need to learn. How uh, if the way that we're saying something uh hurts or is offensive, we as men can be responsible and learn through practice how to say certain things better. And that that takes some self-analysis. Now look, here's a pro tip. Women typically want you to communicate that you have heard and understood them. Some of you guys might be thinking like, "Yeah, of course." Some of us might be like, "Oh." <laughs> and this is a really big part communicating that you have heard and understood them is a major point in communication when it comes to our romantic relationships and it'll save you a lot of headache before you start just uh, sharing your side after she has spoken it's important to say you understood you heard and so that she can feel closure in everything that she said now second is learning to understand what it is you're actually feeling and why. A lot of times for us as men, we we have ex- uh, actually extreme emotions. It's not that men don't have feelings. It's just our feelings typically funnel towards uh, one one big emotion. Um, for a lot of men, sometimes our feelings funnel into anger. Even when men are sad about something, we typically have a knack for funneling it into anger i'll give an example um say a a young man that uh, a young man that is is uh, sad about his father or mother um, leaving them that sadness will eventually turn into anger towards them see our emotions just funnel towards anger typically again i'm not trying to make absolutes but i'm giving a general idea that we typically funnel our emotions into anger and so when we are communicating with a lady we and we get into an argument or we're upset about something and we're like okay i i'm supposed to share my feelings we usually come across with anger and with frustrations and what i would beckon and i'm saying this from experience i'm i'm going on 10 years of marriage and it wasn't until like 3 or 4 years that i that i really actually started trying to practice sharing my feelings in the first several years, I would uh, I would just be like, okay, you you know what, you're right, and I would just uh, I would just try to move on without expressing myself because I thought I was that was like the manly thing to do. I'll just let you know I want her to be happy, but that only can last for so long. We as men need to also be heard at times, and it, was, it took several years before I actually started trying to practice sharing my emotions. And it came out so wrong the first several times. I feel like it took me over a year or two to really learn why I was actually feeling the way I was feeling, why I was upset, why why I was angry, why when she would say something, it made me feel this way. And a lot of times just learning how to understand your feelings and why you're feeling that certain way will better help you articulate what you're really feeling. And you'll even learn more about yourself and your feelings and it'll, it'll extend into all your other relationships as well because you'll better understand yourself. You'll know why things certain things trigger you or make you upset or make you mad. And you'll realize that you're not really mad with them. You're mad at what they said because it made you feel something else from your childhood or your past. Sometimes Lauren would say something to me and it would make me so mad and i and i would stop and think why did that make me so mad it, there's times where i'd be like what she said shouldn't have made me so mad but it made me really mad why and i would realize that it was just triggering to something else in my life that had happened And so us as men understanding our feelings will help us uh understand why and where it's coming from will really help you to better articulate how to communicate properly so that way you're not just expressing your childhood traumas or your emotional history onto the person you're currently romantically involved with because you can understand that you don't have to share your past anger with her. You can, you can understand that it's separate from this moment. Y'all feel what I'm saying? So let's go into the next topic, which is sex. It's all hot and bothered now. A man's sex life can be paradise or hell depending on his self control. A man's sex life can be paradise or hell depending on his self control. I'm going to share several verses. In Genesis 2 25, I think this is a very beautiful verse. It says, And the man and his wife were both naked, but they were not ashamed. This is Adam and Eve. The man and his wife were both naked. And, but they were not ashamed. Song of Solomon chapter one, verse two says, may he, uh, may he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Your love is sweeter than wine. You know, uh, let me just jump in real quick. Sex is the best, one of the best gifts to mankind. And this verse, I think really adequately says, it. it says your kisses, uh, your love is sweeter than wine. I mean, honestly. Sex is better than any drug, any alcohol. Sex is is the the best gift, and God created it. Let me. I, I just had to say that. Proverbs chapter five verse eighteen through nineteen says, "Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, like a loving doe, and a graceful mountain goat. Let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love." This is some passionate stuff. It's kid. I mean going to have to throw a cold blanket onto this. This is some hot stuff. And this is all scripture talking about how healthy and good and how hot sex is. Let me share one more. In verse Corinthians chapter 7 verse 4 through 5 says, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband also does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. This verse is literally saying, don't deprive of each other of sex because you need it. And I don't know anybody in the world that is, uh, that is praying that much to where they have to like, we need to stop having sex so that we can pray more. That's, it, this is literally scripture telling married couples to have sex more. So, I wanted to share these verses as a preface to understand that sex within marriage is healthy and life giving. God created sex, He created, and He created us with this intimate desire to have sex with another person. I want us to think about this for a moment. God created sex, and He created us with this intimate desire, a sex drive to have sex with a woman just think of this for a second the very first interaction of man adam with a woman eve was sex as soon as eve was created it it goes on to this like drawn curtain ex- explanation of why a man will leave his mother and father and to be joined to his wife and there was in this moment There's nothing else that happened. It says that Adam looked at her and it just does this cutscene. There was no talking. There was no uncomfortable exchanges. Just a raw, unfiltered, and innocent sex drive for a woman. We are sexually driven creatures. This fire of sexual passion should be placed in our marriages in practice as much as possible simply having more sex with your wife will cause more peace between you both sex brings intimacy it uh sex brings intimacy it brings peace and it can even resolve conflicts or frustrations there's this book called the sex experiment by ed young and it's literally a book that talks about the challenge for married couples to have sex for 7 days in a row with your uh with your spouse and it's a lot easier said than done because within seven days, anyone uh, that's married or has been in a long relationship, seven days, that's co- that can be complicated. I mean, you get tired, you get frustrated, you get into fights. I mean, there's there's so many times where you just want to chill at the end of the day and to have sex. It sounds as uh, uh, there's so many people that I know that I have tried this challenge, and you know, you know what's funny that uh, the the person that usually ends up wanting to back out at some point of this seven days is typically the man it it and it's because of the uh, it it can be so simple of just wanting to relax or maybe there's a fight i mean imagine being a, a really mad with the person but then you'll have this agreement to have sex for seven days and so you have to just have sex and, and resolve whatever the conflict is and i'm telling you that there's there's moments where married couples they can literally be frustrated with each other and just simply having sex it's almost like those frustrations dissipate conflicts dissipate sex is really a healer within uh relationships and so understanding that sex is such a powerful concept and is so healthy within a marriage we also have to understand that this fire that it's described of, the sex drive is this fire within us, especially within men, that this fire taken out of the sanctity of marriage, it can burn you and it can burn down your home. I want to share Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27 through 28. It's talking about this idea of unbridled sexual passion. And it says, Can anyone take fire in his lap and his clothes not be burned? Or can a person walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? It's just saying simply that this sex drive is this fire, and when uncontained, it can burn you so bad. And I'll I'll be the first to say that before I gave my life to Christ, I lived uh, wildly, and I had uh, 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 um, sex with uh, different people, and there's so much baggage that comes with that. It's not just... um, it's not just this physical act where it's one and done. It it has a lot of emotional connections. It has a lot of spiritual connections. And uh not to mention the physical implications as well. And there there's uh when dating it if uh when dating, it takes a lot of intentionality and transparency to not have sex. Um <laughs> George, at, <laughs> uh, i'll answer that afterwards <laughs> um when when dating it takes a lot of intentionality and transparency to not have sex and you must know that anything physical will only stimulate sex drive more and, and i'm being uh, again i'm talking from the scope of being a christian and the idea of wanting to to abstain from sex until being married, it it takes a lot of intentionality. It takes a lot of transparency, and you must get so solid in your mind that anything physical will stimulate your sex drive more to the point of your brain's judgment. Uh, your brain's judgment sensors shutting down. You're literally when your pleasure sensors are elevated, when you're getting all hot and bothered your the sensors in your brain that control judgment shut down when your pleasure sensors rise up so literally we become dumb when when we're all hot and bothered and we we will do things or say things that we normally wouldn't do that's what that's it's for that reason that simple brain chemistry is why uh, faithful men commit adultery it's why um abstinent abstinent men end up having sex I I strongly believe that the reason that there's so many uh um uh Christian pregnancies is because most Christians don't carry condoms. They have this anticipation that they will not that they will say no when when if the opportunity came, but at the end of the day, it's really hard to say no when things are all hot and heavy. And so you must know that your brain will not work when coming face to face with sex and you won't be able to stop yourself most likely so seek out accountability the best you can and avoid putting yourself in unbridled territory in proverbs chapter 5 verse 6 through 8 it says she does not ponder her the path of life her ways are unstable she does not know it now then my sons listen to me and do not turn away from the words of my mouth keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house it's talking about a promiscuous woman it also shares a lot of a similar concept in proverbs chapter 7 one of the biggest things i've learned from these proverbs that it is to avoid it, uh, to avoid these uh, high sexual encounters the best you can it's like the idea, if, if you're trying to abstain from uh, from sex, then you sh- really shouldn't go to a strip club. If you're trying to abstain from uh, uh, having premarital sex, then you shouldn't uh, put yourself in surroundings to where it's prime for premarital sex. Like, um, hey, let's uh, sit on the bed and watch Netflix. That's Y'all going to have sex. You're not even going to be able to watch that great show. It, you have to understand that given the right environment, you will do it. And understanding that will help you to prepare better to not put yourself in that kind of environment. On a final word to the topic of sex, porn, fornication, and adultery are all clearly labeled and explained in the Bible as sin. Masturbation is not. This is a a heavy topic because masturbation is typically looked at as Almost like this unforgivable sin within the church. And I, uh, I myself, as well as uh, different people I've counseled, have, have gone through, so many people have gone through so much guilt and condemnation, so much confusion in this topic of masturbation. And I'm simply uh, wanting to share with you that nowhere in Scripture does it clearly say masturbation is sin. And understanding that, I am not saying to go crazy. Uh, What I am saying is that it doesn't have any scriptures to match the demonization of it. There's not any scriptures to match the demonization of masturbation. We should practice self-control. But if faced with temptation, if, if faced with the temptation of porn, fornication, or adultery perhaps just maybe perhaps masturbation could be the lesser evil to fall into when you feel that you can't control yourself but even at that there's no scripture to say that it is evil or sin i what i'm getting at is within the church i've heard uh i've heard more people show demonization to masturbation but feel completely okay with fornication it, there's so many people that, that that have no problem with fornication, but masturbation is for some reason wrong. When it, Scripture says the complete opposite, I'm not saying that it says that masturbation is a OK. What I'm saying is that there's there's this huge vague area, no this no nothing said about it, but fornication it clearly says. And so, if you're struggling with pornography, if you're struggling with fornication, uh, the, these these things that talk about sin. Uh, i'm not saying that masturbation will fix it but there's a lot of studies that talk about how harm re- the the process of harm reduction helps people in finding freedom from addictions and per, uh e- there's even some really popular uh um there's some healthy even podcasts that could help uh could help you on this topic like there's a podcast called porn free radio and uh, and there's uh, there's another one I can't think of the name of though, but they talk about how this idea of uh, of porn, which is clearly addictive, so many studies of how unhealthy it is, how harmful it is, and and uh, and how even just simply masturbation can be a lesser evil than than uh, subjecting yourself to porn. So um, I'm not trying to stay on this subject for a long time, but I think it needs to be said. Because uh I, I feel like a lot of men have fallen into deeper, uh deeper sin while trying to simply not masturbate. It, and it's kind of like this weird paradox. Um and there shouldn't be uh, I don't believe that there should be so much guilt and condemnation to something uh to to something that um has no scripture to demonize it. So with that being said, let's go on to The very last part, and then we'll open it up to um, feedback questions. And so the last part is sacrifice. The secret to a healthy romantic life is a man's willingness to sacrifice. uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 and then verses 28 to 30 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So husbands ought to love their w- their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are po- parts of his body. This verse is really powerful because the way that Jesus loved the church was in a sacrificial and redemptive way. In the Bible, the scripture says that us as men are supposed to love wise in that way. And so any romantic relationship, we're supposed to be sacrificial and redemptive. Everything good is typically earned, not given. Whether it's good health from a diet and gym time or good wealth from hard work and saving, these things take sacrifices. And these sacrifices are usually daily choices rather than single big sacrifices. And I believe in the same way, so it is with a healthy romantic life. It requires a mindfulness of the other person above oneself, putting their needs first, their feelings first, and I would even go as far to say their climax first in the bedroom. The worry is that we won't have ourselves taken care of when we constantly sacrifice like that. But when practice, your partner will typically respond with gratefulness and take care of you better than you would take care of yourself. And I want to project this idea to us as men with a simple uh, story. Um, I I think that we as men often, uh, we see grand gestures as romance when truly it's in small things. Romance is more done in small things than it is in grand gestures. And I'll give it as this as a simple example. I remember when I was a jet engine mechanic, I had to take off my ring, my marriage ring for, uh, for work every single day. And just like every other mechanic and um, every day I would put it back on. And the other workers there that had been there for years, you know, we'd sometimes talk about it. And I, um, when it came up, uh, someone asked me, Oh, do you put yours back on? I said, yeah, I have it in my car. I take it off and put it on every single day um, before and after work. And and this, this man responds saying, yeah, I, I don't, I don't do that. It's just too much of a hassle. So I just leave it off. I just leave it off the whole time. And I just thought to myself, well, so is wiping my butt and washing my hands, but I do that every, every time I go to the bathroom too. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's really not a hassle to put it back on. It takes more effort to wipe my own butt than it does to put my, my marriage ring back on. But the, the average man has uh, uh, this, this idea that the small things don't matter when truly they do. And so, while it may sound intimidating at first, men should be the ones to set the example in these sacrifices because we are men, and the reward is having peace in your romantic life, and this peace far outweighs these little sacrifices that we put in with that being said it this this whole talk I think reminds me ending on this idea of sacrifice, it reminds me of the greatest sacrifice that was ever made. And that was Jesus on the cross. And if you're listening to this and you haven't had this moment of real relationship with Jesus Christ, we're talking about romantic relationship. And we've talked about how that's different than any other relationship. So it is with the relationship with your Savior, your Creator. It's different than any other relationship. And if you haven't had a moment to start that relationship, the Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who He says He is, that that's all it takes to start this relationship with Him. It's a change of direction. And uh, if you want to do that, you don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You can just talk to Jesus yourself. That being said... Uh, I want to end in prayer. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this group and in these men. And anyone that wants to grow closer to you right now, I pray that you bring them close to you. I pray for everyone's romantic life. Anyone that is single and ready to mingle, I pray that you bless them, God. Give them, uh, maximize manhood. And I pray for the right woman to just fall into their path, Lord. And that you would uh, just be their... their hookup. And anyone that is married, Lord, I pray that you bless their romantic life. I pray that you bless their marriage with peace, with a fervent sex life, and with a real romance and joy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.